welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, we are joined by a lovely guest, Simbi Animashan. She is the author of the newly released book, The Power of Healing. She joins us from the United States and will be sharing her fertility journey with us. So welcome, Simbi, and thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Ola. Thank you for having me. Yay. Thanks for being here. Uh, so we usually start off by saying, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Simbi Animashan. Um, I currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia. In the United States, um, I have three kids um, who are my rainbow babies. They are ages four, which is my son. I have a two-year-old daughter and I have a one-year-old um, son as well. So again, those are my three um, rainbow babies after the storm. So I also publish, I'm a published author. So I published my book, which is The Power of Healing that was published Last year, which is my first year anniversary, June 1st, um, was my first year anniversary. And in that book, uh, which is why I'm an advocate today, I'm just trying to raise awareness for other women that have experienced pregnancy and infant loss. So my book details my challenges um, with my miscarriages and my journey towards becoming a mom. So my major role or, you know, my major title today is just being a mom. I'm also a maternal health uh, advocate. So I advocate for other women. And I also recently just became a certified bereavement doula. So Yay. I wear many, yes. So I wear many hats. Um, but the major, my major passion is just advocating for other women that have experienced the same challenges that I have with, you know, losing their babies and just really just trying to break the silence, you know, by telling my story. Thank you so much. And we love all your many hats that you wear. All amazing. Thank, Thank you. you. So Ola. sorry about your losses. Um, and I guess it would be a good time to maybe share a little bit more about your fertility journey as much or as little as you'd like to share. Um, yeah, I can, I can discuss my you said my journey with my pregnancy. Your journey to your journey to parenthood. Yeah. Oh, my journey to parenthood. Yeah. So um, I first found out that I was pregnant um, on January 1st, 2014. Um, so which is almost about 10 years ago. So that was my first pregnancy. Um, I was a healthy um, 30-year-old woman uh, who had just pretty much finished my, my master's degree and I was teaching, I was a teacher during that time teaching um, middle school English um, in Atlanta, Georgia, um, when I found out I was pregnant. So I was pretty much well, you know, well-rounded, well-established in life. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that was missing was a family. Um, so I was really excited to find out that I was pregnant um, on January 1st. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, um, I started cramping and I started, um, Spotting. You know, it wasn't heavy bleeding, but it was just spotting here and there. And, you know, not being educated about pregnancy, because again, it was my first pregnancy. 
and not really mm-hmm. having a tribe or having you know family or friends that I can confide in, um, I ended up setting up an appointment with my um, gynecologist during that time because I was scared. You know, I didn't really know what was going on, and I just wanted to make sure that the baby was fine. So when I went to my appointment, um, my gynecologist um, conducted an ultrasound and. You know, doing an ultrasound, she told me that there was no heartbeat. However, she told me, don't worry. She said, it's still early in your pregnancy, um, you know, for a heartbeat to form. So don't worry, just come back in a couple weeks and we'll do another ultrasound um, to see if there's a heartbeat for the baby. So she sent me home. She discharged me. She sent me home that particular day. And Mm -hmm. maybe like two weeks later, I was teaching my students. And I, you know, again, started cramping and I looked down and now I'm starting to see heavy amounts of blood. Um, And I'm like, okay, again, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what a miscarriage was. Um, I, you know, I didn't really understand what I was going through. Um, But I just know that it was so much blood that was being released um, that I was releasing that I just started to panic. So luckily my students were not aware of what was going on. So I ended up running out my classroom and you know, going to my car and driving myself to the emergency room. And there, you know, from the emergency room, that's another experience um, that you know, a lot of women don't talk about because a lot of times the emergency room, you know, they, they're not really educated enough to deal with women who experience pregnancy loss. But long story short, they told me that, you know, I was having a miscarriage. So I started to like start, I was releasing blood, blood clots and they actually did like a, a bloody ultrasound to show me that there was no heartbeat. So really traumatizing, um, that first pregnancy. Yeah, that was a really traumatizing time for me. So that was my first, um, miscarriage experience. And from there, I will go on to experience, uh, three more, um, miscarriages without no education, you know, without no reason why I was, you know, having these miscarriages. And again, like I explained earlier, you know, I was a, a healthy, healthy 30 year old woman. You know, I didn't smoke. I re- you know, really had any um, alcohol or, you know, did anything that would harm my body. So I, I really was confused um, mm-hmm. about why I was experiencing these miscarriages. And I started to beat myself up. Because, you know, again, the doctors were not telling me anything. And also during that time, I experienced a brain hemorrhage. Oh, wow. Yeah, I experienced a brain hemorrhage. And, and that was during my second um, miscarriage. So when I found out I was pregnant again, maybe six or seven months later. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not that I was trying. Um, but, of course, I mean, my significant other and I... Um, we were passionate about starting a family, but we did want to wait, you know, but things happened. So I ended up pregnant again in November of 2014. And that's when I found out I was pregnant when I went, ended up at the emergency room again. But this time, not that I was having a miscarriage, but I was having the brain hemorrhage. So having, no, having the brain hemorrhage, um, when I went to the emergency room, they discharged me again. Um, even though I had just had mm-hmm. a stroke. Yeah. 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 Even though I had just had a stroke, they did, they discharged me because the only thing they did was 
test my urine to see that I was pregnant. Uh, so they tested my urine and that's it. That's all they did. They tested my urine. And once the test came back positive, they said, well, you know, you're here, you're experiencing the things that you're experiencing, which was signs of a stroke. Um, I had the worst headache in my life. Um, my vision was blurred. Um, I was not, I was unable to communicate. So my significant other had to communicate to the doctors what was going on with me. So when they discharged me that I was pregnant, again, confused, this is what pregnancy is. So I'm having the worst experiences, um, even getting pregnant or, you know, feeling like I'm not good enough. Like, you know, what's going on with me? So eventually I found out that I had had a stroke. So it's, I was at home maybe two weeks um, at the most in the bed on bed rest because I couldn't walk. Um, Thinking that I was just pregnant, like, um, you know, worse headache and all these other symptoms of a stroke, thinking that I was just pregnant. So that was my second miscarriage. And like I said, I I had a total of four. So within the next uh, year or so, I will have two more. Yeah, I had a total of four miscarriages. I'm so sorry for all your losses. Thank you, Ola. But what a testimony. The fact that, you know, you were sent back home when you just had a stroke and you were at home for another two weeks. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things could have gone wrong in that time. Exactly. exactly. Wow. So that's 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 why I'm, I'm here, Ola. That's, that's why I'm advocating, you know, for other mothers and birth givers, because I have, yeah. you know, I have multiple testimonies um, to share with other people to let them know that they're not alone. And it, it upsets me, you know, this, to this day to know that I was discharged twice exactly. um, with these, with these serious conditions. And I almost, I could have died, you know, I could have died. Yeah. So I'm just very happy you know, to be here, to even share my story with you and with Yes, us. yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your story, right? Because, you know, this is all things that are highly stigmatized. No one speaks about it. And, you know, you mentioned oftentimes that you're not even aware, you didn't know what a pregnancy was like, you didn't know what a miscarriage was like, because people just don't speak about those things, right? They don't, because, they don't. Yeah which is why it actually makes it even harder for other people because you haven't heard anyone speaking about it and then you start to blame yourself. Like, why are you going through all of this when nobody else seems to be right. having similar experiences? Right, right. And it, it, it saddens me that, you know, within, you know, my community of other Black, you know, mothers and birth givers um, that we're not taken seriously. Um, so as I tell the story today to you, Ola, and just to know that again, they discharged me from the emergency room after I just had a stroke, you know, to tell me that I was, I was just pregnant. Like those symptoms were because of pregnancy. So that's why it's just, it's just very important that I'm here and that I'm advocating for other mothers in birth in my community. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for doing that. Cause we definitely need more people speaking out as well. And ensuring that this doesn't happen to somebody else. Right. Again, you're very fortunate for being here. Um, given that, I mean, the severity of that situation and you've been sent back home. Right. And, you know, knowing that it's such a highly stigmatized topic and you choosing to then speak about it, 
what made you want to do that? What made me want to do it, um, you know, just be an advocate for other um, mothers and birth givers. Um, so once I had my miscarriages, um, I, I was living in Cleveland, Ohio. So I decided to move back to home, which was Atlanta, Georgia. And that probably was the best decision that I had made, you know, during that time, um, because it was just the situation that I was in was very stressful. Um, so I found a job, I found, you know, a new home and, you know, I was able to be surrounded by family and friends. And from there, you know, I, I decided to do my own research. I decided to do my own research and get a better understanding of what had just happened to me, um, you know, within those couple of years. Like, why did I have these miscarriages? You know, why did I have a stroke? Again, I still had not been educated um, about what I had gone through because it was just so much going on at one time. So because I was able to release um, the situation that I was in, I was able to focus on Simbi. So once I focused on Simbi, I was able to strengthen my faith with God again. Um, I was able to connect with family and friends who I had been separated from. And one of the one of the steps that I took was going to see a reproductive specialist. And that again, that was probably the best thing that I did during that time because she was able to really investigate um, yeah. and see what was going on with me. Um, so during that time, we discovered that I had PCOS as well. Wow. And um, I was pre-diabetic. So those two things were interfering with me being able to actually carry my kids, which I didn't know. And I also found out I had fibroids. So it was, it was oh, a lot that was I, a lot. I, thought, yeah. I, thought, I thought I was healthy. You know, I thought nothing was wrong with me, but it was. So the reproductive specialist uh, was extremely helpful in me just turning my life around health-wise. Yeah. Um, so she ended up prescribing me metformin, um, which helped, you know, with my um, sugar levels. And a year later, I found out I was pregnant. and. It was, a, it was a scary time, but it was also a, a, jo a joyous time. Like I was, I was very happy because um, it was a year later, I believe it was a year later um, after I had just moved back from Atlanta to find out I was pregnant again. And to have her a part of my journey, she was, she was just a really nice uh, older lady. Very nice, very confident and, and you know, very supportive. So anytime mm. I had any issues um, where I had a few few times I was fighting, she reassured mm. me that everything was fine. And I knew it was different because I knew this journey was different because when I went to like my third ultrasound appointment, I heard mm. a heartbeat. So that was my oh. first time ever hearing a heartbeat. And I knew, like I said, I knew that this was different. I knew that God was changing things around for me. And, you know, he, he was ready for me to be a mom. Yeah. He was ready for me to be a mom. So I had my son on January 18th, 2018. And mm -hmm. I had two more babies, like I had mentioned. I had them 
you know, and, and people joke and say, you know, you had these kids back to back. But again, it's, it's my journey. It's my story. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. my testimony. So it, it doesn't matter that I've had kids back to back. Like I have a, a you know, I have a, a story to tell, you know, and, and my, my kids are my, my, my success story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So to, to know that other women um, like myself are experiencing the same thing and to talk to talk to friends and, and finally be able to publicly share my story without feeling embarrassed or feeling less than a woman or, you know, even feeling sorry for myself. Uh, I'm telling my story to let other people know that God is real, um, that God yeah. answers, that God answers prayers that, you know, no matter what you're going through, um, you know, things can change, you know, through faith, you know, God tells us not to worry, you know, to just, you know, be still and wait on him. And I just, I just, I just want other women to know that the same can happen for them. So I'm, I'm here again, like I said, I'm just, I'm just here to share my story and to advocate for other mothers and birth givers. That's, that's Thank my passion. So that's my passion now. And that's my purpose in the life. Thank you so much. And we're so glad that, you know, you've made this your passion and mission to just help and support so many other people because that support is so needed. And this testimony is important and you sharing your experience is important. And just, I mean, it's wonderful that you have those three amazing children and we're so thankful. Uh, but of course, that doesn't take away your experience. It doesn't take away right. the journey that you, you know, you went through to get here. So it is important right that that is still shared and that people still understand, you know, that it was a whole process and a journey to get here. It was, definitely, definitely. Yes. And thank you for also highlighting the fact that, uh, that God, you know, made this happen. So I wonder what role did faith play, you know, in all that time, going through all that experience, having those losses, having strokes twice, all that time, what role did faith play? You know, role role has, I mean, faith has played the major role in my journey. Um, because when I when I turned, let me see, I'm trying to figure out what age was I. I believe when I turned 25, when I turned 25, um, again, I had been teaching for a couple of years. Um, I, I, you know, had, had just graduated with my master's and I believe I was enrolled in another program um, trying to work on a doctorate degree during that time. Mm. And so I lost, I, I lost my faith. Or I, I'm not gonna say I lost my faith, but I started to live life how I wanted to. Um, mm -hmm. So I stopped reading the Bible. I stopped, I stopped praying. And I, I just became a part of the world um, and, and all the world, worldly possessions, you know, partying and going out to eat and just spending all this different money and, and not, you know, and, and just losing, losing my relationship with God. So after I experienced the miscarriages and after I experienced my stroke, like I, I woke, I woke up, you know, I, I woke mm. up and I said, you know, I felt like God was trying to get my attention. Um, and, I, and I know that he loves me. I said, he, he kept me here. So it was one night that I was in the bed after I had been released from the hospital after I had my stroke um, that I said, 
I can't believe that I'm still here, you know, because I believe I was looking on the internet and just doing my own research about um, my stroke. So I actually had an AVM um, rupture, uh, which is the brain hemorrhage. So, you know, me going online and conducting my own research, I, I discovered that a lot of people don't make it, you know, or a lot of people become disabled. Um, and I literally went through uh, physical therapy for like three months uh, before I was able to walk again. So me getting through um, that situation, let me know that God still loves me. God, God had forgiven me. And so I vowed that I was, I was going to change my life around. And, and that's what I did. Um, once I moved back to Atlanta, uh, I just, uh, like I said, I just, I became focused on Cindy, but I also became focused on reestablishing my faith with God. And I, and from that moment, I, I've been led by God in all that I do, you know, forgiving people um, for what they have done to me in the past. And, you know, just trying of a more productive, passionate um, life um, where mm-hmm. I'm able to help other people in the process. You know, e- even though my hands are full because I have three toddlers, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my hands are full, but God has blessed me to be able to bless others. And Love so it. I'm living through God. Um, and again, you know, to answer your question, Faith is faith is my foundation right now in my, of my life. Well said, Cindy. Thank you. And yours are also of the book, The Power of Healing, which we noted earlier. Right. Why did you decide to write that book? So I decided inspiration? To write that book. Um, I decided to write my book, um, The Power of Healing, a memoir of loss and victory. That happened during the pandemic. And um just being home with my, you know, three little ones and I was teaching virtually during that time. Um, I don't know. I just, light bulb just went off one day. Like, you know, how, how can I continue to, um, cause all I was doing at that time was probably sharing bits and pieces of what I had been through uh, via Facebook. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that light bulb went off where I had prayed, like, you know, what, what else can I do? Um, you know, to spread the good news, to, to, to share my testimony and just to become free. Um, Cause again, during the pandemic, we were stuck in a house, you know, no, no yeah. social interactions, no connection with anyone. And the only thing I had was Facebook. And I mean, I like social media, but you know, sometimes social media can become a distraction. Yeah. And it was yeah. just so much that I needed to focus on um, so what I decided to do was I started writing, um, one day I had one of my coworkers who also wrote a book about her testimony with having a heart attack. I read her book during the pandemic. I started reading more. And mm. so after I read her book, I was just so, I don't know. I was just so intrigued. Like you wrote a book about, you know, you almost dying like, and I, I started asking her questions like, you know, what made you write your book? So hearing her story, hearing her testimony, and just seeing her faith uh, with God motivated me to do the same. And I, I was able to see how she was able to touch people with her testimony and the love that she received and how free she was living. 
you know, I want I wanted to live free too. You know, I didn't mm. I didn't want to be um living in in depression or living in embarrassment about what I had been through. So writing my book and publishing my book, which is self-published, um, it allowed me to be free. Um free, free to share my story, free to be Simbi without yeah. no worry of judgment or you know, like I like I keep mentioning em- embarrassment because I was really embarrassed. Um, and felt less than a woman um, because I wasn't able to carry my kids, even though I, ha- I had already become a mom. That yeah. that little part, that negative thought in my mind, still stayed there. So after I released my book again, I'm free. Yes, free, free, free to be Cindy. Like everybody knows my story now. So, I mean, what can you say? What can you do? I'm I'm here to bless others through my story. And owning your own story and your journey. That's amazing. Owning it. Yes. Yes. And and it is such an amazing book because I did purchase mine as well on Amazon. Okay. And for for anyone else listening and wondering where to get it, uh, is it on Amazon uh, basically or are there any other places where they can access it and purchase? Yes, it's on Amazon. And thank you, Ola, for your support for purchasing my book. You're welcome. Um, It's a lovely book. Thank you. Yes, uh, you can. They can also find my book on my website. So I have a website um, for my, you know, for my author page, which is www.simbianimashon.com. And I also Ola founded a nonprofit organization. So I was just right. approved um, in March um, oh. for tax exempt status. Yes, so. My nonprofit organization is called United by Laws Foundation that incorporated. So listeners, you can also find um, or purchase my book on my nonprofit's website. That's wonderful. And for anyone also wanting to reach out and connect with you, what is the best way to do that? Best way is, is probably uh, social media. Um, like I said, I, I try to limit the amount of time that I'm on social media, but I, I do go on there, you know, to, to share resources. Like if you go to my nonprofits, my nonprofits um, Instagram page or Facebook page, you'll see that I've shared uh, resources about doulas, resources about uh, neonatal laws, uh, perinatal laws, miscarriages. So I'm just, just trying to educate uh, the community, educate other mothers and birth givers about different topics so please please follow me on instagram um united by laws foundation or my author page which is author simbi animation and uh, and again i have both facebook and um instagram uh, and again i'm just sharing resources i'm just trying to educate the community thank you and i'm also going to highlight uh all your links as well in okay, the show notes thank you yeah. And of course, you've highlighted the fact that you, you want to you're sharing your story. You want to share about your losses so other people know what happened and also how to perhaps prevent um, similar situations as well. So I just wonder, what would you like people to know about pregnancy losses? And for like, what would you what do you wish people listening would know? Yes. Um, so. One thing is we can't prevent it, unfortunately. Um, we can't prevent pregnancy and infant loss. It's just, you know, it's just out of our hands. However, what we can do is we can prepare 
for pregnancy and infant loss. And I've also, Ola, created a healing journal um, for mothers and birth givers who ever experienced uh, perinatal loss. So oh, in wow. that journal, yes, it's called, uh, you can also find it on Amazon or my website. It's called This Too Shall Pass, Turning okay. Pain, Pain Into Power. And what I've done is created a healing journal um, where I provide seven steps to help women with their grieving process. And I, oh, that's and amazing. After, yes, after, after pregnancy and infant loss, um, the major thing that we have to focus on is you know, how are we going to grieve? Because it, it is, it's difficult. Uh, it's a difficult process to, to go through, to experience. And we just have to prepare ourselves, um, you know, because again, I was, I've been pregnant seven times, but I would have never expected that my pregnancies or four of them ended in, you know, miscarriages or pregnancy loss. So now, now that I've experienced that, I just want to, you know, share those gems of, you know, how a woman can prepare um, for those pregnancy losses. So in the journal, I give women the opportunity to just write down everything that they're feeling. Because um, again, you know, we may be scared to talk to, to family or friends or embarrassed, um, but just having a place or opportunity to just share your thoughts, um, I think is important. Um, yeah. So that's why I've become a doula as well is you need someone, you need someone, you need a tribe. Um, you can't grieve by yourself. Like I, I tried it and it probably was the worst decision that I made. It, it definitely affected my mental health. Um, so just going through um, perinatal loss or pregnancy, infant loss, just know that, you know, it happens. And the best way to start your grieving process is to find a tribe. Find a um, don't compare yourself to others because we're all different. All, all of our journeys are different. Um, believe in God because uh, again, I'm a living testimony. Three miscarriage, I mean four miscarriages, and I've had a stroke, and I'm still here to tell my story. So I just I just want you all to know that you know God has to find a say so in every situation that occurs. Um, and then the the last thing is is just to love yourself, you know, don't beat yourself up, love yourself and um, just try to stay positive through it all. Even though I know it's, it's difficult to do, but you know, our thoughts, um, I feel like our thoughts dictate our outcome. So now at this point, I'm just trying to live a more positive um, life and have more positive thoughts. And, and I can attest and say that it has changed my life. Well said, Simbi. And I, I love the fact that you also highlighted the importance of grieving and that, you know, we're all different because I think sometimes some people want to rush the process. Yes. So like you said, it's important to, to go through it and feel what you feel. So it is amazing that you have that healing journal. I think that's really needed um, for a lot of people because, again, pregnancy losses are common. One in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. So there's a whole lot of people experiencing this all around us sure it's true yeah so thank you for sharing that and the healing journal is also can be purchased on amazon you said yes it can be first and yeah. purchased on amazon again it's called this too shall pass turning pain into power 
I love the title. <laughs> and if you could go back in time, Cindy, to perhaps 18-year-old or 21-year-old Cindy, what would you tell her? Um, 18-year-old Cindy, um, well, what I would tell her <laughs> is to never stop believing in God um, and allow God to create your journey. I would, I would have followed God's journey for me, not what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and just, just continue to pray, you know, pray through everything. Um, the, the highlights of life, the downfalls of life, just pray through everything that you go through. That's what I would tell myself. Is, is God, it. God, God should be priority in everything that I do. Love it. Thank you. And is there any quote or affirmation that you found really helpful in your journey as well? Oh, yes. Uh, actually, I don't know if you um, started, if you received your book and started reading um, your yes. copy of your book, but for every chapter in my memoir or in my published book, I share one of my favorite quotes. So I have a total of 10 chapters in my book and I have 10 quotes from the Bible that has helped me get through everything um, that I have gone through. So one of the quotes for chapter one, which was the beginning of what felt like a million losses, I will walk by faith even when I cannot, which is Corinthians, which is, you know, two Corinthians. And that's what I would tell other mothers and birth givers is to walk by faith even when we cannot. Yes. I love that because that's fully learning to trust and rely that God knows what's best, isn't it? Like, right. To rely on I, I have one more, Ola, that I want to share. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I have one more. So um, this was, so that was chapter one. Um, and then I, what I did share was that after I found out that I had a stroke, I had to have a non-invasive uh, procedure called gamma knife radio surgery, where the uh, arteries in my brain were tangled. So they had to actually go in and burn those so that I would not have another avian rupture. Oh, wow. And that procedure, um, you know, once you get to that part in the book, which is chapter seven, I was mm -hmm. terrified. You know, even though I would, you know, laugh through my pain inside, I was, I was just lost. So for that particular um, chapter, I, I pulled a quote uh, from Isaiah 8110. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be frightened for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my saving right hand. Yeah. And after my procedure, um, mm -hmm. Again, I, 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 it was a confirmation that God loved me, that God had me here for a reason. Yes. I love it. Thank you for those two wonderful quotes. They're amazing. Thank you. Yes. And for anyone listening, that's amazing that she's got one for each episode, for each chapter, rather. So, yes, do get your own copy. Um, and as a wrap-up, Simbi, are there any words of encouragement? I mean, you shed so much in this conversation, but I'll ask just in case you have another. 
As a wrap up, are there any words of encouragement or advice that you'll give to any person or couple trying to conceive? Let's see. Uh, I think the most important, um, the most, the most important thing is again, and I know I've said it maybe 50 times, but just believe in God, you know, um, believe in God's journey for you. When I wanted to become a mom, that wasn't my time. God allowed me to become a mom when he felt like I was ready. So it's okay to try to get pregnant, you know, um, different, you know, different is different ways that, you know, women, you know, try to become pregnant. But again, during those times, you know, just, just have faith in God. Um, he would definitely allow you to become a mom when you're ready. And that's just how I, you know, I, I feel. And that's, that's my way of thinking. And that's what I tell other mothers is that when is your time is your time. Yes. So keep believing. Love it. Thank you so much, Cindy. It has really been amazing having you on the show, um, sharing your story, such a powerful story and just amazing testimonies on so many levels. The fact that you're here, sitting here today, sharing your story, reading a book, reading a healing uh, journal. It's just, you know, just showing how, how, I mean, how much God loves you, like you said, right? <laughs> and how much you still have, you know, the here sharing all of that. And it's so important that we hear your story and just be encouraged and inspired by it because it's so powerful. So thank you so much for choosing to share because, you know, you could have chosen to keep all this to yourself. And just, you know, you have three wonderful children now. You could have chosen to just not say anything because it takes a lot of strength. It takes you know, so much bravery to come out and share your story. So thank you so much for sharing your story and for coming on the show today and for all that you're doing to support so many others and wanting to use your experience to make things easier as much as it can be for all the people. Thank you, Cindy. You're welcome, Ola. Thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity to share via your platform. Thank you. And um, thanks for all that you're doing. And we look forward to having you again in the near future. Absolutely. You have my contact information, so I would definitely love to come back. Thank you. All right. Be blessed, Ola. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.